Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you for joining in with me today. And I hope your Sunday is going well and that you've had some time to spend with friends, family, maybe gathering, praying, learning something about God and how deep and high and wide his love is for you. So today, I thought it would be really supportive, helpful, encouraging if I talked about a psychotherapeutic concept called object constancy. And it's kind of fascinating, and you may may understand the concept somewhat. You may have heard it in passing. Um, but object constancy is a really big thing for people. And so I want, I want to just give you some, some information about this because it will really help you in times like this. Because the more chaotic our external world is, the more constant we want to have things that we believe in, trust in, understand, know, that we want things to stay the same. And so we want to be really careful about where we are getting our feelings of security, of constancy from. And so when you were a child, I want you to think about this. Did your mother pick you up, kiss your way your tears? Did she shout at you to stop crying? Uh, what were the, was your mom or dad available to you if you had an owie or a hurt or if you came home from school and someone had hurt your feelings, if you didn't make the football team or whatever it was or got a bad grade? You know, did they encourage you to follow your dreams or did they laugh? At your ambitions. And so answers to these questions play a, a, a really big role in the development of what we would call your object constancy. And that is a term that describes your ability to function in a relationship where there is distance, conflict, contention, if there's maybe adversity, and if there's maybe contradiction. And so what exactly is this, this thing we call object constancy? Because for anyone that's in the therapeutic world, this is one of the, the hallmarks, this is one of the bedrock concepts and theories 
of any type of relational change and healing for anyone that, that is coming into our office. So object constancy is the ability to believe that a relationship is stable and intact despite the presence of setbacks or conflicts or disagreements. This means that people who lack object constancy might experience extreme anxiety in relationships of all types, not just romantic ones, and they may live in constant fear of abandonment or rejection. And when people feel as if they can trust the constant nature of a relationship, they're better able to enjoy that relationship and and they settle down. This is one of the things that, that therapists afford their clients is that we are constant. So I constantly am the same person. Every time that someone comes into my office, they're, they're not going to find me um, adhering to some new theory um, when it comes to, let's say, they're all Christians and I decided to be a Satan worshiper, okay? That would not help object constancy. So object constancy is me being the same person every single time, no matter what they bring to my office. I'm not going to look at them and be shocked and surprised and disappointed in them. I'm going to be interested in what happened that week and what went on and what we can do to fix it or to do better the following week. So they have a constant feeling that no matter what they do, no matter what weird thought, idea, feeling they might bring to me, I still care about them. I'm still on their side. I still want to help them and I'm not judging them. So when people feel that they can trust that constant nature of a relationship, they're better able to enjoy the relationship. So if you were able to trust your parents in childhood, for instance, then your relationships in adulthood are more likely to flourish because you weren't in trauma. You weren't constantly every day waking up hoping that mommy loves you or hoping that daddy's coming home. That if you had that object constancy with your mom and dad and you felt secure in their love for one another, then you just took for granted the safety of your home. Conversely, If you were unable to trust your parents and the love they had for you or acceptance of you, then you may struggle to trust and open up in adulthood. And you may be constantly looking for things to show you that that person really can't be trusted. And so you you may have a difficult time bonding and attaching to them because object constancy is related to the idea of what we call object permanence. And so both refer to the stability of an idea held in someone's mind. But object constancy describes our attitudes toward those inter and interpersonal relationships that we have, while object permanence refers to understanding of concrete objects. So object constancy can be evaluated and improved by mental health professionals, while object permanence, it requires kind of some some intervention and some testing. So I want you to think about the difference between object constancy and object permanence. Object permanence is that feeling you have when you drive down the street and all of a sudden this building or this store that had been there for the last 60 years was torn down. And what an odd feeling it is. Or let's say that they tore down your elementary school and it had been there for 60 years. These type, that, that kind of object permanence when you, you come to a situation, a store, um, a, a business, a, you, your parents' home, and you find out that they, like, totally ripped apart half your house that you grew up in when you, when you were growing up. 
And so that permanence, we have this tendency to depend on permanent things if we can't always depend on the constancy of a relationship. So if our relationships aren't super secure, we have a tendency to depend more on the permanence of objects. So think about this. This is always fascinating. How about your, your, your TV show that you've been watching for years and all of a sudden it's no longer there? Or what if they got rid of one of the characters? And all of a sudden the character is gone and you've been watching them for years and following them. And we take for granted that every time we turn on the television, there's that show, there's that actor, there's that family. We're going to watch our, we're going to be a part of this, this show today. And so that's one of those object permanence things that we may kind of attach onto a character, an actor, that, that a person plays a particular character that has become alive to us, and now that is a permanent thing for us, and we are so maybe destabilized when we find out in real life that that person isn't anything like the character they play on television. This is how, how understanding that, wow, what am I putting my faith in? What am I putting my dependency in? So this also can refer to the stability of an idea that's held in someone's mind. So object constancy is, it describes many of our attitudes toward interpersonal relationships. You know, it, it, it really applies to the way that we believe. And so if you've ever come to a time in your life where you thought, I never thought I would stop believing in that idea or that person or that entity or that corporation. And so most people that are struggling with object constancy do eventually th seek therapy as it's the most effective way to repattern re your brain and create healthier, stronger habits. Now, therapists oftentimes are going to peel back the layers of your past relationship experiences and even some childhood pain in order to map out a path to greater health and happiness and to kind of redo that and figure out where is your dependency lying. Because all of us as humans, we are hardwired toward dependence. Now that doesn't mean an unhealthy dependence. I, I, if I have people that have unhealthy dependencies, I want to help them with that. But humans naturally depend. And so that's one of the ways we set up the whole arena of our, our daily life, is that we depend on the fact that when the lights turn red, everybody's going to stop. So object constancy starts with our parents, but it also manifests through other caregivers and friends and partners. If you've ever had one of your friends really let you down, do something that you never dreamed they would do, and you're reeling with the feeling of, what do I do about this? Do I continue trusting them? Do I forgive them? Do I try again? Maybe they're not who I thought they were. And so this is where love that is conditional can be that much more frightening for someone who's not sure if that is, a, is an, an object or an idea or a place or a person they can count on. So when we think about this object constancy issue, I, I want you to think about what happens when, when we struggle with being able to have consistency in our developmental years, which is like 0 to 6, 0 to 12. And, and we have a tendency that 
that has the potential to give us many childhood injuries and emotional injuries. And it ends up affecting how successful our relationships are because it, 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 it hits the, the very core issue of trust. And every relationship has to have trust in order for there to be any intimacy. And so the lack of constancy is problematic. It can be treated, absolutely, I do it every day. And so one of the things that we want to look at as to how to do that is truly understanding what this, the term self-constancy means. Now, I hope I'm not getting too psychotherapeutic with you because I really am going somewhere with this today, and it really is going to, to, to help. So I want you to hang in there with me, and I want to talk to you more about self-constancy, self-object constancy, self-consistency, because these are the, one of the ways that we battle how inconsistent and not constant the world that we live in is, especially now. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And today we are talking about this issue, which is called object constancy. And what's fascinating to me is that many psychological, uh, psychiatric practitioners, we all know about this, this theory of object relations and constancy and the need for people to be the same as we are developing trust with them and to be constant. And what's so fascinating is that we really find this in the Bible because this is when God tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is the unchanging, changing God. He is the epitome of constancy. So when we look at this, we, we want to look at what is this idea of object constancy really? And how is it really affecting us? And so when, when you take into consideration that every human being depends on constancy, our whole entire zero to 12 years are determining what we can depend on and what we hope we can depend on. We're trying to find out what are the things that stay the same? What are the things that change? And what do we do when we thought something wouldn't change and it changed on us? So self-constancy is one of those things that comes with appropriate object constancy. So self-constancy, this is the psychological development. It's a cognitive ability, and, and it's, the, it's the idea that it's the constancy of ideas and the representation of who you are, that, that your insides match your outsides. And this means that the way that I organize my individual thoughts and behaviors are consistent, that the way I behave matches the way that I think that my behaviors match my value system. Because you know how chaotic it feels when you are in relationship with someone that says they believe one way and acts another. That really, that affects our trust in so many ways. So the term self-constancy was developed by a, a gentleman called Heinz Hartman in 1952, and it's the ability to hold images of oneself and another person as both positive and negative at the same time. So in other words, self-constancy is the capacity to accept advantages and disadvantages 
of both the other person in your life and oneself. And so what this means is that I can manage the fact that there is good and bad in everyone. If I'm struggling with any kind of object constancy, self-constancy, then I'm wanting to try to control the world so that everything is the same for me or the way I need it to be at any given time so that I can settle down inside. So when we have good object constancy, it means that I can handle the fact that you may contradict yourself sometimes, but that there's a theme, an overriding overall theme that travels through time that tells me that's pretty much who you are. Even if you have really big achievements or really, really, really big failures. So object constancy is part of, uh, it's very early on in, in childhood development. And Piaget, he is a very famous psychologist, psychiatrist, that really started to understand the stages that, uh, that start at birth and end at about the age of two. And this is where object constancy comes into play. And if any of you have ever had babies or babysat children, you know that they're fine until you leave the room. So if you're gone from their sight, you're gone, period. They can't remember or hold you in their mind. So as humans grow, we are better able to hold in our mind, in our heart, a person without seeing them. So we're, we are better able to think about them and say, yeah, I'll see them again. Or if they're not in front of me or if they haven't called me today, it doesn't mean they don't love me or like me anymore. But see, the more I struggle with constancy, the more attention I'm going to need. The more reassurance I'm going to need. So when I'm working with adults in romantic relationships, one of the things I look at is this issue of object constancy. And I think to myself, okay, how much attention does this other adult need from this adult that they are pursuing? How much reinforcement do they need? How much can they hold with themselves the fact that, you know, we did have a really good time on that last date, and I'm going to believe that that was true, and I'm going to do my week and give them a call later on in the week, and I'm going to assume the best, that they're, they're going to be very open to seeing me again. That would be someone that has pretty good object constancy. Someone that doesn't, as soon as you leave, they leave you at the door. You're calling your friend saying, I don't know if they like me. I'm not sure. Uh-oh, what should I do? Should I call them back? Should I text them? How many times should I text them tomorrow? And it's needing to continually insert yourself into that person's life to make sure that you are a constant in theirs. So you can see the anxiety that we as humans have when it comes to constancy. And so children learn to see the world and other people as an extension of themselves, and they develop this understanding that objects can and do exist outside of who they are. And that's a hard, that's a, that's a very hard, hard session for, uh, hard situation for children to learn. And the best, the best they do when parents are consistent, object constancy is learned very quickly. And the reason we want this to be learned is that we are all going to be loving, mistake-making people. And if we're not able to handle two contradicting things at one time and stay constant in our love for someone, our love will always be conditional. 
So I will love you only if I'm happy with you. I will love you only if you do what I love. I like you to do. I will love you only if you never make a mistake. Because if I can't do constancy in the way that is healthy, in the fact that I can manage the fact that I love mistake-making people, then I'm going to be thrown off every single time someone makes a mistake, and I'm going to have to readdress my trust in them every single time. I will have to rebuild trust versus saying, okay, they're allowed to make a mistake. I can understand the, the, the situation that occurred. I don't like the mistake they make. I'm not happy about it. It doesn't cause me to feel attracted to them. But it doesn't mean I don't love them. It means that they're figuring out their life just as I am. So we want to make sure that we recognize what's going on inside of us when we get destabilized in relationships, when we start to, to fear that God is really who God says he is, that we think that we have to have all kinds of facts and all kinds of experiences to continue to prove that God loves us. The better we work on our relationship with God, the much better we are going to do with humans. Because if we can manage that with God and we get most of those feelings of consistency from God, then we will be able to much better handle when, when other humans aren't that consistent. When they do things that maybe shock us in a bad way. When they do things that we didn't expect them to do. When we expected them to do something and they didn't do it. We're going to manage that much better without having to castigate that person, without having to, to change completely our perception of them. We give them more space to be human. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about this whole idea of being the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we are talking about constancy. And I don't know about you, but probably out of all the time in my life here on earth, this has been some of the most chaotic times I've ever experienced. The amount of psychic waves, changes, I mean, things I never dreamed would happen, ways of people uh, responding or reacting that I never even considered they may do, good and bad. This has been quite an interesting time. So when I put this show together about object constancy and how much humans, mammals actually, require, on thing, require things to be certain, certain things to be the same in order for them to calm down and relax, that we like some change, but we don't like constant change. And so I, I was doing some of my devotions this morning, and I read Jesus Calling, and it was very encouraging to me because it's exactly what I was writing the show about. So that's always nice for me when I go, wow, maybe I really did hear from God today. So this is what it says. It says, I am yours for eternity. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and was and is to come. The world you inhabit is a place of constant changes, more than your mind can absorb without going into shock. Even the body you inhabit is changing relentlessly. 
In spite of modern science's attempts to prolong life and life indefinitely, I, however, am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because I never change, your relationship with me provides a rock-solid foundation for your life. I will never leave your side. When you move on from this life to the next, my presence beside you will shine brighter with each step. You have nothing to fear because I am with you for all time and throughout eternity. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Revelation chapter 1 verse 8 says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. And I love this one, Psalms 102, uh, verse 25 through 27. It says, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens and the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. And Psalm chapter 48, 14 says, For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even until the end. So think about that. That's Hebrews chapter 13, 8 that says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. So do you ever feel like the world is shifting and swirling so fast that it's different from one day to the next? I mean, that is truly what we are feeling right now. It, and, and simply, it's a fact. We live in an age when everything seems to be changing before our eyes. Technology it, it develops so quickly that if it's listed, the listed devices represent new, it's like whatever I wrote down would have been outdated before the book was ever even printed. And so not only have we seen technologies change quickly, but we've seen politics, political parties, national, international boundaries, currency changes. I mean, the list goes on. And in the midst of this climate of sweeping changes that the world is caught up in, scores of people have been swept up into seismic shifts in core biblical values and morals, even concerning the most basic tenets of faith. We are challenging, testing looking, scrutinizing everything. Things that we took for granted, things that we just uh, didn't even consider whether or not it was true. We are now deciding whether or not it's true, good, bad, whether we like it, whether we don't like it. We are challenging things we thought we would never, ever challenge. And the Holy Spirit warned us about this 2,000 years in advance, that there would come a time in the last days where people would be abandoning positions of faith and embracing ones that seem to be crazy and doing it in such lightning speed. So we want to really be diligent about understanding what does it mean when the, when the Bible uses this Greek word for the same, it's emphatically stating that Jesus Christ is unchangeable. He's unchangeable. Now that is good news in this world, isn't it? Yesterday, today, and forever. So this, this really goes to say to ourselves, what are we depending on? Where are we getting our sense of security, our sense of consistency, our sense of sameness? And so that doesn't mean that in every moment of every day we are the same. That means that there is a thread that should be in all of us that is the hallmark of who we are 
that regardless of what circumstance, situation, feeling we may have, that who we truly are shines through and that we protect who God has truly made us to be. So join me in the last segment as we talk more about yesterday, today, and forever. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're just tuning in, this is the last segment. So you can always go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com or any of your, your favorite podcast servers. Look for Conversations with Cynthia and you can listen to the show in its entirety. So we are talking about constancy and um, why we would be craving constancy. When we have this much change going on, it, it really does start to overload the senses because humans are made for change, but they are, are, are kind of more, our preference is to be the ones that want to make the change versus having the change be inflicted on us. And so right now we have so many things that are changing, we can't keep up with it. It makes it feel quite chaotic. So where do we want to get a plumb line from what? What? What is going to be our, our 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 stake in the ground? What is going to be the thing that is going to be the constant for us that we can always go back to, that we can hang on to, that is immovable and unshakable? Well, that what what we find is that that beautiful verse that tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That He never changes. Now, that does not mean he doesn't, you know, present himself to us in ways that we would not have thought were him. It means that every time we know him, we recognize he is the same. And how important that is for humans. And I talked in the very beginning of this show about object constancy and, and these psychological theories that we have come up with in the last, you know, 100, 150 years that help us understand how important constancy is for humans, whether it be um, an inanimate object that is constant, how many of us have lucky charms that we take with us, how many of us have, have a certain place that we always want to go and sit and think, how many of us have, a, have a, an outfit that is constant, that we go, you know, that's the one I want to wear because this is an important day. So humans love constancy. And the, the more mature we are, the healthier we are, the better able we are to manage contradictions to one degree or another. Because unfortunately, humans are very contradictory. As we are growing and developing and attempting to be who God has called us to be, we practice and try on and experiment with a lot of different things that we come to find might not really be who we are. So what we want to think about is this whole developmental process that we go through as we are becoming more constant humans is recognizing that the healthier I am, the better I can handle contradictions. This means that I can love someone I don't like very much. This means that I can stay committed to someone who I don't agree with. Now, that may not be for an extended period of time. That may not be for the rest of my life. But that means that I can tolerate inconsistencies for a particular point of time, part, period of time, 
while I am deciding whether or not I can go with this thing until it lands. And if it's going to land in an area or a place that's going to match who I am, my value system, my needs, my wants, my desires. And so the older we get, the more complicated it becomes. So when we look at this idea of God telling us that he is the constant, what I want you to think about is that's so fascinating when we find the truth from the Bible where statisticians, scientists, psychologists, psychiatrists thought they made up this idea of object constancy, and what we come to find is that God is the one that created it. And he tells us, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I want to read you a couple of different ways the Bible has said this. And in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I the Lord do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. What does that mean? But what would be consuming? Our fear, right? If God was a constantly changing God, erratic, impossible to, con- con- you know, to, to maybe um, figure out what, what his next move is going to be, if we couldn't an- anticipate who he was, the fear would consume us. And we have James chapter 1, verse 17. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And Psalms 102, verse 24 says, Oh my God, I say, take me not away in the midst of my days, for whose years endure through all generations. Of old you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away, but you are the same, and your years have no end. This one is really important to me, and gives me great Security. It's, this is Psalms 89.34. It says, I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. That's a constant that God is saying. In times of shifty, shifting sand and whirling winds and storms and, and upsets, I'm telling you that you can always count on me. I will not violate my covenant nor alter the word that went forth from my lips. And John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is important times for us to recognize that we want to strive for, for constancy. I want to be someone that, that is constant with people. Even though I'm a mistake-making person and I'm, I'm going to mess up and I might do things that sometimes shock people in good ways a lot of times, but sometimes maybe in bad ways. But the thing that, that is telling when we have people that are, are healthy and mature and that have character is that you, you kind of know if they've been described and you say, you know, no, that's not them. That doesn't sound like them. And if it is, it's unusual. There must be something going on. Because people begin to know you and they begin to anticipate. So I want you to think about you. What would people anticipate you would do, say, or think? What have you taught them about your ways? 
How often do you contradict or change your statements, your beliefs, your values? How consistent are you? How dependable are you? And that doesn't mean that we're not allowed to make mistakes. We're all figuring things out. None of us are going to be perfect. But we can still be consistent in getting up and doing better. We can be a consistent person when it comes to taking responsibility for mistakes. We can be consistent in our humility and not justify bad behaviors. We can be consistent in our love for people even when they are unlovable. This is one of the ways that we reflect God to the world. One of the ways that we can be mistake-making people that are imperfect and still dependable because we're Christians, that they will know we are Christians because of our love, not because of our perfection. They will know we are Christians because of our love. And that's a constant, because God is love. So let's, let's really think about this today. When we apply these things to our lives, it helps to ground us. It helps us to take more responsibility for what we're doing because we're not looking from the, the, the right to the left and trying to determine what we're allowed to do based on what other people are doing or not doing. We are really saying to God, you're the one that created me. You live in me. I want to be a reflection of you. And I want to be genuinely who you have created me to be so that when I contradict the work of your hands, I can take responsibility for it, repent from it, change it, and move forward and learn from it. And this is, this is one of the hallmarks of safe and healthy people. And I want to encourage you today in these times of real chaos and shifting sands and never really knowing what's up, up and what's down and what's inside out, right side in, it's very confusing at this point. We don't know where things are, are, are going to, from one day to the next. I want you to say to yourself, God is not shifting sands. If I put my house, build my house, my security on God, I will know that I will have solid ground. Because he is the same today, yesterday, and forever. So I want you to think about maybe just, just some, some questions to ask yourself. I want you, since Jesus is exactly the same today as he was in the four Gospels, what does it tell you about his will concerning healing you if you are sick? What does that tell you? What about if Jesus is exactly today, the same as he was in the Old Testament, what does it mean about where he stands on issues of morality? Have those issues changed? So if Jesus is exactly the same today as he always will be, how can you better predict his future actions, responses, and behaviors? Who do you know him to be? So think about this. Let's say someone really wronged you. Do you know how Jesus would respond in the future, his actions, responses, and behaviors toward the person that wronged you? What might he do? What might he expect you to do 
toward the person that may have wronged you or let you down? What would he expect you to do if you are the one that let you down? Are you going to act like Christ to yourself? Are you going to act like Christ to that other person? Now, now, if the other person wronged you, it doesn't mean that we make what they did right. That's, that's absurd. This is part of the relational process that Jesus is so good at showing us, that he is able to relate and be best friends with very complicated people, with people that are inconsistent, with people that are oftentimes undependable, people that are oftentimes very hard and very difficult to love. But God is love, is he not? So I want to encourage you today to truly be looking at this whole idea of constancy and being constant with yourself, being constant with others. And that doesn't mean that, that you're not pliable and flexible and all these types of things, but you want to have that constancy what is your moral code that is constant? What is the plumb line that brings you back to where you need to be so that you know how far off of the line you are? You know how far off what your constancy is supposed to be. So I'm so thankful that you listened today. And I, I really want to encourage you as we are in these really shifting times and chaotic times that God is still the same today, yesterday and forever, and that we can depend on him and he is not shifting sands and he will help to solidify our internal inside world so that we are better for others outside and we that we are those people he needs. Motivating and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. <music>